Well, I'm going to read a review here that we've received, guys, um, for the podcast. Dear employment lawyer in your pocket, long-time listener, first-time complainer, where the hell has Simon Allison been? He has been absent from at least five episodes now this season. I expect a prompt resolution to this issue. Yours sincerely, listener Craig. Well, Craig, ask and you shall receive. It's a season of goodwill. Here he is. da I'm back, folks. <laughs> Guess who's back? <laughs> back again. Enough, let's go. Five, six, seven, eight. Welcome to the Black Eyes Employment Team podcast. We have your very own employment law in your pocket. This podcast is intended for managers and business owners and intends to keep you on the street and narrow with your staff. This is our festive podcast, promised to you, dear listeners, by me. By you, Jack. You gave the promise, didn't you? I did indeed. I did indeed. Last episode is a Christmas bonus. And so, given that it's coming up to Christmas, what we thought we would focus our attention on, we can't completely take the eye off the employment law ball. And so we will talk about um, Christmas party tribunal cases which are relevant for the festive season. Wow, wow. How excited, Jack. Are, are you excited, you? Blair? Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. But it's Christmas, not Christmas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the plug, Blair? This episode is brought to you by thepodcasthost.com, the ultimate how-to podcast resource on the web that can help you with anything podcast-related from planning and launching your show to equipment and editing to growing an audience and even monetizing your show. Check out their free step-by-step guide on how to start your very own podcast at thepodcasthost.com slash start start that's thepodcasthost.com slash start start. okay so three cases first let's talk about the case of Westlate against ZSL London Zoo so this involved a Christmas party at London Zoo (laughs) that would be fun so what are components of a Christmas party giving team what happens at a Christmas party drink when I'm there dancing usually dancing drink well, in this case, concerned two zookeepers um, who got into a fight. Oof. Drink was involved. Oh so Miss Westlake, who is a claimant, who lodged a claim against London Zoo, um, got in a fight with Miss Sanders. Mm. Now, Miss Westlake was a meerkat keeper <laughs> and Miss Sanders was a tiger keeper. A back to tiger keeper to win this fight. Blair, who's your money on? I'd have to agree yeah, the Tiger, the tiger King. Having watched Tiger King, I think the Tiger Keeper. Well, what were they fighting about, do you think? Any guesses? Animal food? Animal food. Anything you play? What they got in the Secret Santa? They were fighting about a man. So, uh. Mr. Davies was zookeeper. He looked after the llamas. So, Llama Man... <laughs> it's true. Llama Man was dating Tiger Keeper. <laughs> you can play. <laughs> Oh man. The Lama Man's a player. Exactly. So Lama Man was dating the Tiger Keeper. They split up. Then Lama Man started dating Meerkat Keeper. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow. Right. So again, the Christmas party occurred and um, the Meerkat Keeper and Tiger Keeper had a fight on the dance floor on the night. Oh dear. So both keepers were suspended. Um, after the party, invited to a disciplinary hearing. Serious injury was sustained by both. The most serious injury was sustained by the tiger keeper, and she sustained a short but deep gash to her cheek. Ouch. Yeah. Oh so again, meerkat keeper hit tiger keeper with a glass. Creaky. 
It went to split in a hearing and the chair couldn't decide who threw the first punch. So he decided, based on the tag keeper's injuries, the deep gash in her cheek, to dismiss the meerkat keeper. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. so that's Ms. Westlake. So meerkat keeper was dismissed. Tiger keeper was given a final written warning. What do you think about that? Is that fair, unfair? What do you think? So I'm thinking, so the one who got dismissed, the meerkat person, mm-hmm. they had the less severe injury. Is that why they decided yes. it? So again, what happened was meerkat keeper struck tiger keeper with a glass. Mm-hmm. So tiger keeper sustained a serious injury, the deep gash in her cheek, and yep. therefore the chair chose to dismiss meerkat who threw the glass, glass. I suppose, Tiger Keeper was given a final one. What do you think? Is that fair or unfair? It's a bit dodgy if they if they were both at the, yeah. at the caper. I mean, mm-hmm. what, it depends what the, <laughs> the caper. It depends what the, the Tiger Keeper. I presume the Tiger Keeper threw some sort of blows as well if they were both injured. Mm-hmm. Well, surprise, surprise! It went to a hearing. Meerkat Keeper lodged a claim against London Zoo, and it was held heard by an employment judge. The panel chair gave evidence, and he said he had gut feeling. But the meerkat keeper was more to blame. A so, gut feeling? What do you mean by that? That's, is that within the reasonable <laughs> sort of reasonable belief, a gut feeling? And again, the chair said he had regard to their injuries. Again, as you know, um, tire keeper had a more severe injury than meerkat keeper. In any case, the employment tribunal held, actually, it's unfair dismissal. Um, inconsistent treatment to two zookeepers. Therefore, meerkat keeper's dismissal was held to have been unfair. Mm. But any compensation? The fork in the tail. Well, here you are. Fork in the tail is the fact that the tribunal reduced compensation to zero on the basis that Meerkat Keeper had contributed to her own dismissal. So again, this kind of case involved contributory conduct, and they said actually, given the fact that you're involved in this fight, you get zero compensation at all. What about that? Seems. It's like a scene out of train spotting when Begbie <laughs> comes down the stairs. That lassie got glassed in the <laughs> So that is my um, Westlake against ZSL London Zoo case. Next case from you, Blair. Yeah, so my case is Judge v Crown Leisure Limited. This involves a Christmas party which took place at the Savoy Hotel in Blackpool. Savoy Hotel, lovely. Blackpool, not so lovely. Yeah, I don't don't know if if it's the same chain or if it's a separate entity. (laughs) We'll need to go and find out. But yeah, this concerned somebody who was effectively promised a pay rise and it didn't come to fruition. So Mr. Judge, who was Special Operations Manager, was paid less than one of the other Special Ops Managers who came in after him. Mr. Fannin, who was the Special Operations Director, had assured all four managers that their salaries would be equalised in due course. When was that promised to them? That was promised. It doesn't say in the case when it happened, but what is interesting is that it does say that at the Christmas party, Mr. Judge claimed that Mr. Fannin had said that he would have parity with Mr. Mills, who was the new man, within two years, Mm. but the employer denied that 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 conversation took place. Okay, so Christmas party allegation, um, Mr. Fannin assures Mr. Judge he will receive parity with his salary, yes? That's right. Fine. And five months later, Mr. Judge got a letter with a bonus of £5,000 and advising that he would be getting a pay rise of 1.5%. But that still did not mean he was paid the same as Mr. Mills, who was still paid more. 
So one month later, Mr. Judge gave his resignation, but he was then tempted back with a bit of money, £5,000 bonus. So 18 months after the Christmas party, he got a further pay increase, 2.5%, but even with that and the bonuses, his pay was still short of that of Mr. Mills. So essentially, promise was made, it wasn't delivered, and so he resigned. Indeed. What was his claim then? So he resigned and then claimed constructive unfair dismissal on the basis that there was a breach of contract that he wasn't paid the increase that he said. He relied on this promise made by the special operations director at the Christmas party. Mm, Was Drake involved, do you think? I suspect it was, yes. (laughs) I suspect it was. Okay. That's me on the dance floor, who knows? (laughs) Okay, okay. The Court of Appeal, when this eventually went to the Court of Appeal, it started at the Plumbing Tribunal who ruled against Mr Judge and as did the Plumbing Appeal Tribunal, it went to the Court of Appeal and they ruled that the employee must show a fundamental, it must show a breach of a fundamental term of the contract. The court held that this conversation was too vague and that in due course, which is what was accepted was said, could mean anything. Mm. The court rejected the idea that he was he was promised it within two years and that's what would have been required so more of a specified time frame rather than a more yeah. vague time frame like due course okay. which sounds about right yeah so that was so that was the difficulty that he faced there but the court also said that because the nature of the evening was very light-hearted convivial <laughs> there was drink being consumed that didn't demonstrate an environment which suggested the intent to create contractual relations nice okay. so if you made that promise on the dance floor they might think well did you really mean <laughs> to make that promise on the dance floor who knows so his appeal was rejected and the employment of his original decision to find the employer's favorite was upheld so let's say i promise you a puppy in due course could i could you hold me to that promise no, I don't think so. <laughs> in due course. In due course. When could that be? Ten years, <laughs> next week, two weeks, who knows? Yeah. I don't think so. Sadly. Fine. Fine. Okay, the third case, Jack, is which case? So I've got a case called Nixon. It's actually a, a, a law firm case. Nixon versus oh. Ross Coates Solicitors. Mm-hmm. And this was one, of, apparently Ross Coates is a, an MBE, quite a character down in Ipswich in Suffolk, which oh. is where his firm or he had a few offices, but where this one happened. Okay. So in early December, um, Ms. Nixon, who was the, the firm's business development manager, she was in a relationship with a solicitor in the firm, a guy called Mr. Perrin. Okay, okay. Nixon, Perrin, yep. check. So they're courting in relationship together, and okay. they're both colleagues. Fast forward to nearer the end of December, the Christmas party takes place, quite a soiree by the sound of it. And... Um, Ms. Nixon started flirtatiously kissing with Mr. Wright, who oh, that's the a new I, name, isn't it? That's a new name. That's the IT manager. Okay. Um, flirtatiously kissing in certain quarters that might be necking. Dundee. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, so they're necking, basically, what you're saying. That's what the judgment records. Okay. And subsequent to the to the kissing, Ms. Nixon and Mr. Wright, so IT guy, not Ms. Nixon's boyfriend, mm-hmm. they secure a room for the night, which was paid for by the company. Wow. So the plot thickens somewhat. Okay. We don't need to go into detail about what happened in the room, but no. that was kind of what the nub of the case was. Okay, okay. So after the Christmas holidays, they, go, they come back to work on the 7th of January, and Ms. Nixon disclosed in confidence to a senior partner that she was eight weeks pregnant and asked him not to tell anybody. Okay. Okay. Well, within the hour, the senior partner told the HR manager. That's bad, isn't it? Um, That's really bad. I know. 
and and on this occasion the HR manager unusually I would suggest I think discretion is one of the one of the main qualities of an HR manager but on this occasion the HR manager told lots of her colleagues including Mr Wright the IT manager that's even um, worse isn't it the oh, necker so <laughs> it was commented on that there was a question mark over who the father of the child was oh dear was it Mr Perrin the boyfriend and solicitor or was it the IT guy Mm, and that made understandably that made Ms Nixon upset Mm -hmm. and so she asked to work in another office so she didn't have to face the HR manager who was making up all these gossip and rumours okay okay so far so good well not so good good. the senior partner refused her request and even worse didn't pay her for the month of February how strange pretty weird yeah Yeah. Um, because she'd worked she'd offered to work in a different office where they had space apparently but they refused Mm. and then after they didn't pay her in February, Miss Nixon resigned on the 15th of March and lodged a claim. Okay. Any guesses what she would claim for, guys? What do you think? Discrimination? Sounds sex right. discrimination, do you think? Constructive dismissal? Mm-hmm. Check and check. You've nailed it, guys. Yeah, nice. she claimed for both those things. Lost her case initially, or it was she won part of it, but lost the big part of it. Um, but then she went to the EAT, and the EAT upheld the constructive dismissal claim that was clearly a fundamental breach of contract by not paying her February salary, mm-hmm. and therefore the resignation was the final nail or the last straw. So, and the EAT also upheld the claims of unwanted conduct related to her pregnancy and sex. Gosh. So, but the big thing, the main reason I think that it went to the EAT was in the initial tribunal, although she won, the tribunal randomly slashed or reduced her compensation by 90% on the basis of her contributory conduct. I saw that was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, it was quite random because they relied on her conduct, like after the dismissal. Yeah. I think the way she conducted the tribunal proceedings, which... Which was bizarre, and of course the EAT promptly corrected that because for contributory conduct, you can only rely on stuff that happened before the termination of employment. Mm, yeah, the judge was swayed by that. And a new word, I learned a new word. The <laughs> Come on EAT Come described on this whole affair as injudicious behaviour. <laughs> Judicious, injudicious. Mm. Nice. Which means unwise, I believe. So compare that to the meerkat case. Meerkat keeper, she had to fight in the dance floor. She had compensation reduced by 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, that was conduct which occurred before her dismissal. Yep. Yep. Compared to the case of Nixon against Ross Coates. Yep. Where the compensation was slashed wrongly because of conduct which happened after the dismissal. Hmm. How interesting that has been. That makes sense that they corrected that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, definitely. So we must be over our 15 minutes, mustn't we? I think we are, guys. So we should probably get promptly to some takeaway tips. Okay. Three takeaway tips, starting with my tip first of all. First of all, you want to act consistently when dealing with cases of mistletoe behaviour, misbehaviour by employees. Ouch. Ouch. There is no place for (laughs) favouritism. These are the jokes. These are the jokes, folks. (laughs) Bar has been set high. Can you beat that? Blair, what's your tip? Well, mine is, be careful what you wish for at Christmas. A drunken promise at a Christmas party can form a contract. Share the wealth. Wealth? Wealth? It's quite hard to trigger oh, them into that one. That is rubbish. <laughs> who writes these? Uh, I, I can't remember who wrote this. <laughs> okay. No tip three, come on, Jack. Raise and the bar. Tip, tip three. three. Remember that harassment is all about the clause and effect. Yay! <laughs> Banter will be no excuse to a claim. Fine. Okay, that concludes episode nine of season seven. 
enjoy your festive season, people. Yes. Have a great new year. Yes. We will return, hopefully, in the NY 2022. Thanks for listening this season, guys, and throughout the the year, and wish you all the best. Good stuff. Take care. Cheers and cheerio. Cheers, guys. Cheerio.